0: and then as everybody gets you know their logins going we'll flow through is there um but first coach I just want to thank you so much for just being willing and coming on today uh we've been at this for goodness I was saying two months and then um one of our regulars coach Jessica was on she's like no Chelsea I think we've hit three so I just want to thank you so much for being willing and open and you've been you know on this journey with us for the past couple of weeks, and now, you know, been looking forward to hear what you have to say. Uh, for those that are new to the call, we're just a group of coaches and leaders that just enjoy each other, enjoy talking about faith, and just want to help empower each other in this in these moments and times. So, Coach Huff, I appreciate you, man. I, you know, I follow you and watch what you've been doing. You've been at this coaching thing for a long time, and as you put it, we're ready to hear about your faith journey. So, thanks so much for being with us today, and I'm gonna turn it over
1: to you. Uh, no problem. Thank you for, for having me. Um, it, it's kind of interesting when you got to talk about your faith journey because uh, you got to kind of talk about your trials and tribulations. And uh, so I want you guys to kind of go through a, a journey with me, which is through my coaching uh, path and my coaching journey, which is going to lead me down my faith and, and where I am today. Um, so I'm going to start with a, a passage that I, I kind of look to every day uh, as I get up every morning. It's Jeremiah 29:11. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, they're the plans for good and not for disaster, uh, to give you a future and a hope. And and I start with that because it's what I look at every day and what I have to realize that no matter what path I chose going down this coaching journey, God was always behind it, whether it was the right path or the wrong path, no matter what it was. And it's very interesting that when I coached at Allcorn State as a recruiting coordinator, uh, for for men's basketball, we actually used this, uh, and we used it when we were recruiting our athletes. Um, so I'm gonna take you down a journey. Hopefully, it doesn't get too long, uh, but it, it's gonna kind of express everything that I've went through with my faith. Uh, so going up in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, I was a pretty good basketball player. Uh, went to Benjamin Elijah Mays High School, uh, and between my 11th and 11th grade and senior seasons during summer, uh, I got undercut on a dump during summer basketball. And I fell and came down on my hip. Uh, tried to get back in the game, but I couldn't run. I actually got a rebound, but I couldn't run up the court. Um, so I, I set out the rest of the game. I think the game was on a Friday. That Monday, I was fine. Uh, but my mom was best friends with a nurse who said, uh, just go take him to the doctor to make sure he's all right. We go to the doctor. Uh, and they do some some tests and some scans and come to figure out I had a benign tumor on my hip that was there my whole life that I never knew about. So everything that I had planned for myself, uh, going to play Division I basketball, basketball was my everything, was kind of taken away right at that moment. Uh, because at that moment, the doctor said I would never be able to play basketball again. Um, and so that kind of started me on, the, on this journey of, of being different than what I thought my path was going to be, uh, you know, was having some recruitment interest from, from from D1 guys. And all that stopped. All that went down the drain. And uh, so I missed my entire senior season, wasn't able to play. And so that led me to to really dig in where I wanted to go to school and, and what I wanted to do. Uh, and that led me to Morehouse College here in Atlanta. Uh, my pastor at the time was a professor of religion over there. And obviously I had been at that church Uh, my entire life, so that led me to go to Morehouse College. Uh, While at Morehouse, I majored in English, and my plan, again, my plan as I I get back playing a little bit, was uh, I want to go into broadcasting, and I I quickly realized that as an African-American male who probably had no chance to play in the NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball, that broadcasting might not be what's in, in my future, so I decided to start taking classes at Spelman to teach um, teaching education classes. And during that time, as I was doing that, I began to coach my church league teenage team. So here I am, 19, and I'm coaching guys 14 to 18. And, and we kind of turned the program around and we win. And I began to like that. I began to like education. Um, but I realized I always set goals for myself. And one of my goals was to graduate in four years without having to go to summer school or anything like that. So I was about two two to three classes away from getting a minor in education. And I said, well, I'm gonna to stick to my goal. So I was led to Teach for America. I don't know how many people have ever heard of that, um, but it gets you on a fast track to to get your teacher certification. And so they send you to Houston for a summer and they, they get to place you somewhere. And so again, I go back to that passage, Jeremiah 29:11, about his plans for us to prosper and have hope. And uh, Never thought I'd be placed back in Atlanta, Georgia. I thought I was going to have to go someplace else. And so when I go back to to my faith, I tell you guys this, number one, I'm the only child. So, you know, my mom and my dad, I'm thinking this, here I am, I'm going off. But here it is, I was placed back in Atlanta, Georgia. And as soon as I get placed at Booker T. Washington High School, which is about five minutes away from the Georgia Dome at the time, which is now Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, the principal there says hey, I want you to be my JV basketball coach, along with my, my assistant varsity baseball coach, okay? So I step in and do that. And during that time at Washington High School, um, I probably get to meet the best mentor uh, of my life, not just basketball, but faith mentor of my life who happens to be on this call, who is Virgil Lamey. And, and during that time, he began to lead me down new paths of thinking, uh, of what I want to do as a man, what I want to do as a coach. So I spent my four years at Washington High School. I go on to Dutchtown High School uh, for two years there where I'm assistant coach. Uh, and so I always have these goals, but a lot of times our goals sometimes don't meet up to what God wants our goals to be. Not saying they they're different, but timing wise. So I kept saying, I want to be a head coach. I want to be a head coach. Well, here I am blessed to be a head coach for the first time at the age of uh, 28 at Town High School, which is about 15 minutes from Rome, Georgia, which is Northwest Georgia, uh, which is definitely far, far away from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I'm the first African-American coach they've ever had. And I'm excited. I take the job. And, and when I tell you, it was the the probably the toughest year I've ever had in my life uh, because in August of that Year after getting my first head job, so I'm excited. My mother passes away as cancer comes back, and she it comes back from remission, and, and it takes her life. And then in February that year, my dad passes away of a broken heart. They had been married 35 years. So you can imagine your first time getting a head, becoming a head coach, and you're going through that uh, in your journey. And, and I can tell you that those two losses challenged me. It challenged my faith. Uh, A lot. And um, it challenged me so bad that I said, this this is not the job for me. Uh, I need to leave it after one year. Uh, And and I I began this thing of where I was kind of jumping. So I jumped to coach this minor league basketball team, the Rome Knights and Gladiators of the ABA and WBA. And uh, when it's not God's plan, things don't last very long but he can fix it to make sure it's okay. So I resigned from my teaching job, uh, which is obviously was gonna be at the end of the year. And I go, I'm I'm headstrong. Yes, I I got this pro basketball job. And it went from March to May, and it was done. The money had run out. So in May, I've got to find a job. And and that's very tough to try to find a job that quickly. And and here's God always going back to that, that verse the plans that I have for you to prosper and for hope. And God led me to find a job about 10 minutes from my house. Cause I, I didn't mention when I was at Cedar town, Georgia, as a high school, I was driving an hour and 45 every day. Uh, Cause I could never find a house down there. Um, so 10 minutes from my house at Sandy Creek high school. Uh, and I was going to be the assistant coach there. But then there came this job called Atlanta international school that was open. And nobody wanted a job. They had never really won. And uh, the only person that told me to take the job, like I said, was my mentor, Virgil Lane. Uh, so I took the job, and we had the, the, the best season, probably the second best season they had ever had. Missed the state playoffs by one game. And uh, I was content. I was happy. I was like, okay, I'm going into the spring. Let's schedule the next season for the next games. So I'm calling around to schedule our games, and I called his school, St. Francis High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. And I said, hey, I'm just trying to do the schedule to see, you know, what dates we're going to play for next year. And the AD says, well, coach, that's good. But, you know, our job is open. Would you be interested in the job? And at the time, I lived in South Fulton, Georgia, which is by the airport, and Alpharetta is 45 minutes away. And I'm like, man, I'm not trying to make another drive again. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do this. Uh, I said, well, let me call you back, and I'll let you know. Again, my mentor, I call him, and his exact words were, Coach, go to the interview. You never know who you're going to meet, you know, even if you decide not to take it. That interview changed my trajectory of my life, especially my coaching life. Uh, I go to the interview. uh, Everybody's running round table. I do the interview, and the head of the school takes me out outside of the interview, and he goes, Coach, this is uh, about 530 on Christmas Eve, and a mall is about to close. Tell me what it's going to take for you to take this job. Okay. Uh, long story short, I I take the job and I'm there seven years. And in seven years, we go from 17 and 11 and not getting to the state playoffs to being a state champion my last year I was there Um, and really creating relationships that now are even lifelong. You know, I'll bless the coach three guys are in in the NBA that are off that team. But again, I still wasn't really listening to God. You know, sometimes God has you planted somewhere for a purpose. But we want our purpose to go. So my purpose was, I, you know, I always told you about these goals. I want to be a college coach. I want to be a college coach. And so uh, I had been, you know, talking to people about being a college coach. And, and Mark Byington of Georgia Southern reaches out to me and says, I have a director of basketball operations job. Come down on a Friday. Let's talk about it. And in reality, it wasn't even an interview. He was just giving me the job. He just wanted me to come down there so I could see it. Because I hadn't been to Statesboro, Georgia in forever. Um, but the job was a 20, maybe even more than $20,000 pay cut. So as I'm driving back, I have to think about what I want to do. But again, it's, it's my decision. Like, man, it gets me into college coaching. This is what I want to do. And I just want a state championship. And all those kids are coming back. Now, I can't guarantee you we would win a state championship again, but we were bringing everybody back. And you know how that is when you're bringing everybody back from winning one. And the previous year after winning it, we had lost in the state championship. So I, I thought we would have been pretty good. But I wanted to follow my dream. So I took that job, that, that $20,000 pay cut, and I took that director of basketball operations job. And it was humbling because anybody that knows about being a director of basketball operations, you're not on the floor. You're not coaching anymore you know you you're kind of a glorified itinerary uh travel agent um secretary whatever you want to call it that that that's what you are and i grinded that job like you know my game days were basically if the travel and the food were on point that was my game day and so i, I did that and then again I, I i you know i couldn't stay still i couldn't just listen to god and and, and, and allow him to direct me. I was trying to direct everything myself and not saying some of these directions were wrong, but I think if I had just listened to God, I could have stayed somewhere where he wanted me to stay, which could have changed my trajectory even more. And so the Alcorn State job comes up and uh, I get to get out on the road. I get to be the recruiting coordinator, Uh, but I took another pay cut. And that's what's crazy. People don't understand that even in the college business, you got to take pay cuts sometime even when you're moving up. So I take another pay cut. And, I, and to this day, I'm so thankful to God because I remember each month what that paycheck was like. That paycheck was $1,395 each month as a grown man trying to figure out how am I going to pay my bills every month. And God sustained me. And we had a great season at Allcorn State. Uh, we, 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 turned that thing around. I think coach Simmons it was right after you had left to, to, to go to Prairie View. Um, uh, It's when I got to Alcorn and, um, we went 500 it was the first time they had done that. It may have been 10, 12 years. Uh, we finished second in the conference. So we had turned everything around. We won APR, but we were getting kids right with their grades and, uh, I was still trying to move. I was still trying to move up. You know, that money starts talking, man, I, I, can't, I can't make this, this amount of money anymore. And I remember I was sitting, because I lived on campus, Coach Simmons, you know, um, right right down a little bit from the calf where they had the houses at. And I was sitting in my house, and I said, man, I, I've got to make a change. i got to do something. Because the tenant in my house that was still in Atlanta had moved out. And I didn't know how I was going to pay for a place in Mississippi, all my bills, and a place in Atlanta. And so at that time I I was involved with Georgia tech. I was involved with Georgia state and there was this high school job that kept calling me saying, Hey, we want you, you need to come down for an interview. And and in all honesty, I I did not want to come back. I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to coach high school anymore. I want to stay in college. And so I, I tell people this story all the time is that I remember sitting in that house and it was the first time I had ever said this prayer to God. I said, God, I need you to close every door I don't need to go down so I can choose the door that you need to open for me and I need to go. And when I tell you it was right then that everything started changing for me, boom. Josh Pastner, and Georgia Tech called. Coach, I'm sorry, I got to go a different direction. The next morning, Ron Hunter called. Boom, coach, I'm sorry, I got to go a different direction. I knew where I had to go, and God was leading me back to, to, to Georgia to Duluth high school, uh, was where I needed to be. And and I say that because it's the Lord's purpose for you. That's going to always prevail. And you kind of look at that in Proverbs 19, 21. And although I was doing good things where I was, God had a purpose for me that I needed to come back to. And sometimes our purpose has nothing to do with us. Um, and I know he's on here, but as soon as I decided I was going to take that awesome job, I had worked for this my mentor coach. But now I was able to help him, and he became my assistant coach. And so when I talk about how God uses us for purpose, that was our purpose right there. I was trying to to help him along with helping those students that I was trying to serve. And so I get to the Luther, and when I tell you we, we took a program that. Had never won consistently, Uh, and for the three years I was there, we were we went to the state tournament all three years. They had never done that. We went to two Sweet Sixteens. My mentor coach, after one year, gets a a head coaching job again uh, at another school. I get another assistant that comes on right after him, who gets a head coaching job after him. So again, the purpose that God, that purpose that God has for you, and. You know, when I was at St. Francis, I had always looked at this one school and said, man, that's kind of like a dream job for me. I know some people don't like the word dream job, but dream job as far as how I can do it, how it serves and what I want to do with serving leadership and what they're trying to do. Uh, And it was this job called Holy Innocence Episcopal School. Never, ever thought I'd have a chance to ever be there. Uh, Just so happened that one of my, you know, I won't say good friends, but a friend I really know well became the AD of that school and the job comes open Uh, and he reaches out to me and says, would you have interest? And we begin to talk about it. And the vision of that school fit the vision of what I am as a man and where I wanted to go. Uh, And so it led me to this job that I have right now at Holy Innocence Episcopal School, uh, where I I teach servant leadership and I'm able to pour into the guys that I serve and the students at the, at the school in a Christian way, which, you know, you do it at other schools. But when you're at a school that's a Christian school, it allows you to do it in such a different way than you ever had before. And so I tell you all that about going through my journey is that when I went through that, the first part of my journey in coaching, it was about me. It wasn't about everyone else. And when as soon as I realized it was about everybody else, it was when I've had peace inside myself with where I was going, with who I was becoming. It wasn't about a championship, because I was chasing that. It wasn't about coaching college, because I was chasing that. It was about serving the man upstairs, so I could serve the people that I'm, I'm I come in contact with, whether it's players, parents, students, anybody. Uh, and so that that's kind of my, my my story right there, Chelsea. Um, I think another thing that we go through a lot of times as coaches is that, you know, Hebrews twelve four says, the struggle against sin putting God before me. But in coaching, a lot of times we're putting me before God. And I think that's the biggest struggle that we have as coaches is continuing to put God before me. And I, I can tell anyone on this call, when we're able to do that, you're able to find peace within yourself. No matter what your record is, You know, we all are competitive. We want to win. But that peace that you can have knowing you're doing the service of the Lord is the greatest peace whatsoever.
0: Coach, man, you talk about a journey and I'm telling you, the whole time I'm sitting here smiling on everything you're saying is because, you know, of course, two different health conditions, but much of the same. And I can account for the fact that there is nothing, no one or anything that's going to trump The peace that God gives so when you said that it was just like I totally get it that's why you see me over here smiling (laughs) Uh, so I appreciate you coach at this time we'll open up the floor for any questions or comments that you may have uh, for Coach Huff. Hey
2: Coach Huff how you doing brother? What's going on coach? Hey, man, uh, just reminiscing, talking about life <laughs> down there in Lorman,
1: man.
2: You ain't been there, people don't realize. Living on campus, eating the calf every day. Every day. You 45 minutes to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart. Walmart being an adventure trip. You got to plan with other coaches. We got to round up together and make a Walmart run. Yes,
1: sir. You can't buy no ice cream because it's going to burn up. It's going to melt before you, you get, get back. <laughs>
2: the so, yeah, man, just, just, just great times down there. Yeah. Like, like Chelsea said, man, testimony is so powerful and just the one thing that keeps coming back is just your, you know, just your faith and your understanding that God has that plan for you. And, um, you know, the, the, I think the one verse that you, or the one thing you said that really kind of resonated with me um, when you said be specific in prayer. And, and that's one thing that I had to come to as well, because I, I tell God, I'm not that smart, God. Like, I'm not smart enough to decipher all the the, the clues and the keys and all those things that you, you know, all the signs that you have out there. So be, make it very plain for me, you know, your are plan for me make it as plain as it can be. If it's one door that's open, that's a much easier decision for me to let me know that it's you, that's you, it's you talking God. You give me three, four, five doors. Now, you know, I got to make sure my prayer life is good and all that stuff. So I just, I, I really can resonate when you said that just, you know, make those doors clearly open for you. And he does that, man. So I just appreciate you for, you know, sharing with us just, just how you've allowed God to use you through the years. And um, it's clear that every place you've been, you've had an impact. And that just lets me know that God has been there with you every step of the way. And He he's ordained your steps and continues to do so. So stay on your journey, brother. we all on our individual
1: journeys, but you keep doing yours and continue to be an inspiration to everybody. I appreciate you, Coach. And like you said, even even when I was trying to do my own thing, god still had that plan you know if i don't go to saint francis i don't get the holy innocence job you know if i don't go to college i don't meet some people that i need to meet in college to can of impact people um so god was still maneuvering those steps even when i thought it was my own steps i was creating um but it's totally different when you say god close that those doors i don't need to go down because in all honesty at that time to me, going to Georgia Tech was, oh, I can make this amount of money. I'm going to be honest. with It was like, I can make this amount of money. I can get home. Ooh, I'll be living a good life, you know. But that's not where God wanted me to go. So he had to shut that door so I didn't even go down that door. You know, I laugh,
0: Coach, when you said, and y'all know I'm a talker, so – I try to give you all the floor, but I laugh with your prayer because I think sometimes if that's not the boldest thing as Christians, right, a lot of times we don't know which way to go, but a lot of times we do, but a lot of times we know what God is telling us, but we don't have the boldness to follow that door, right? And I think we all can agree if we're being honest with ourselves We'll see that door and we'll know God specifically said it. And for me, I always tell people I have to be like, that should have had a V8 commercial. God has it literally hit me in the head before I see it sometimes. But the fact of the matter is we see it, but to have the boldness to pray that prayer, God, you know, no matter the amount of money, no matter the distance that I may have to travel, no matter how high or how far I may have to go in my, you know, leadership title, I want you to close every door. That's not for me and send me to the right door. You know, and that's a bold prayer. I took it down word for word because it is, it's a bold prayer for all of us as leaders and servant leaders to pray because God knows where he wants us to be. But he also gives us free will. And one of the things that I've heard you say, and I think we all can attest to, is that even in that free will, when we make those decisions that maybe weren't favorable or what he asked for us to do, you learned. And that's one of the things that I think is so special about you um, and and your position at Holy Innocence is that I'm sure when you speak to your athletes, um, when you're able to talk to them about that path and journey, um, don't you find that they play a little bit more, you know, prepared and ready and hyped because they know, well, coach went through this and this is our leader, so I know a coach is telling me this, you know, they hear your testimony and know that God can be real through you, through the heart of man.
1: It's so funny because one of the things that I've done with my team during this quarantine time on on Zoom is uh, heroes, hardships, and highlights. And I had to do it with them. Who was your hero? What is your highlight? What is your hardship? and you will be surprised how they open up and what they give you and what you – especially if you're giving to them as well. So when they see that hardship, like, I I don't care where you come from or how old you are, but everybody uh, can understand a hardship no matter what it is and what you can learn from your team and even from yourself, even when you're able to talk to somebody about it. Like, Virgil and I talk about it all the time. The first paycheck I got when I got back to Georgia – First the last paycheck from from Hallcorn State. And I'm going, I, I remember sitting there and saying, it, it could only have been God that I got through with that paycheck every time. Cause there's I there's no way. I don't know how I will I made it all those times. Um and so I I think that's a big, a big thing that we've got to open up to our players uh sometimes just a little bit more than we want to. Let them see the inside of you. Let them understand what you've been through in your life because once they can see the real you, they can give you everything they have on and off the court. And that's what we're really trying to do, right? We're trying to build these young men, young women that we're, that we're blessed to serve so they can be great citizens of the world, regardless of whether you're coaching them in football, basketball, whatever the sport may be. But we're, trying to, we're trying to build into these young men. You know? And I think about to even the first day I took the job at Holy Innocence, and I, I met with the team, and I fast-forward to the end of the season when I had an a end-of-season meeting with our guy, or the season ended in the Elite Eight. And one of the seniors sent me a message. He said, Coach, the day you spoke to the team, I knew you were the right person for the job. And he thanked me for everything that he had. And he said it's the best experience. He went from hating the game of basketball – because of everything he had been through previously to loving the game and loving his teammates and loving the Lord even more. And to me, that was, I know I wanted, we went to the lead eight, which was great. And I wanted to win more, but that, that hit me more than anything else.
0: And coach, I, um, you know, I hear you talk about, you know, coach Virgil who's on the line and, you know, having that mentor spiritually and in, in, in the profession. And, you know, I can tell you along my journey um, in every line that I've been in, I've had that, how important is that, uh, you know, some co- coaches I hear just in conversations I've had in the past months say, you know, well, I didn't have a mentor. I just kind of got thrown into this, you know, or even if you're not a coach and leader in your own right, how important would you tell a coach or a leader that it is to have that, that balance, that mentor, that spiritual guidance that you can go to
1: um, to be able to help you thrive in your path? Uh, I think it's, I think you have to have it Because um, it's an accountability factor on both ends. You know, he's my mentor, but we hold each other accountable. Um, and it's not just him. It, it's other, a couple of other guys that I have where you can call and you can ask them basketball stuff. You can call and ask them spiritual stuff. You can call and ask them stuff about the world. You know, Virgil and I, we, we can tell you that we have text messages that will be about basketball. We have text messages that will be about a podcast I'm listening to. We have text messages that's about stocks that we're trying to buy. And we have text messages that's just being about accountable, what we should do as men to make sure we're doing the right thing. And I think you have to have that because if not, we can kind of get lost in, in, in the sauce, I say. Get lost in the sauce of this coaching journey where, oh, I got to find the best job. What, what, what looks good? How many wins do you have? You know, everybody's not going to win it. Like in Georgia, we have eight state champions. So I've been blessed to win a state championship. But there, even the year I won it, we were down eight with two minutes left in the Elite Eight game. And I remember calling the timeout saying, man, we're not going back to the Final Four. So it's hard to win a state championship. And if you're basing everything you do in coaching of winning a championship, then you're going to fail so many times. You're going to get so lost and not have peace so many times inside your heart. So you got to find what's your purpose. What's your purpose to doing what you do? And a lot of times you find that through mentors and through the the people that are around you that can hold you accountable. You know, I I go back to Virgil because he's been so important to me. I remember it was probably two years before I won the state championship, and I called him one day complaining about something that had nothing to do with being successful at my job. And I'm just going, he said, Hey man, what you complaining about? Like there's so many people who would love to be in a position that you're in and what you complain about has no impact on your job or your coaching or anything that matters. Let it go. Forget about it. So that mentor that person that can hold you accountable, whoever he or she may be, is very big.
0: That's yes, huge, Coach Mister Virgil. I'm a fan already. I'm letting <laughs> you right now. I, I am. Um, you mentioned the podcast that you all talk about, and I know that's another facet uh, of your walk. Can you talk to us a little bit about your podcast and the things you talk about, and where we can go um, to to hear that?
1: So it's the Love of the Game podcast. We do a lot with basketball on that podcast, so we've had coaches come on uh, on there. And it's so funny because we we kind of, it's grown. It went from we did it on the phone to we were live in studio, uh, a studio here in Atlanta with SUV TV, to during the quarantine, we've been on Zoom uh, two days a week, Thursdays and, and, and Sunday nights. Uh, but our last two episodes have been about what's going on in America the social injustice. And so, you know, two Sundays ago, which was the, the Sunday right after the civil unrest started, uh, we had head coach of Kennesaw stayed on and he was able to talk us through keeping the main thing, the main thing. Like we kept being distracted by the stuff everybody wanted to talk about, which wasn't good, the looting and, and the rioting, when in actuality, it was about the the police brutality and the deaths of, of of black people all over that had kept happening all the time. And then this past Sunday, we were able to have uh, a superior court judge candidate here in the Atlanta area who was on to help talk us through a lot of things that we need to know about why voting is so important, why voting in the elections that's non-presidential are so important. Um, so we try to keep a pulse on what's going on uh, it's on YouTube. It's called the Love of the Game podcast. You can go back and, and replay episodes uh, of who we've had uh, on there. Uh, anybody from head coach of North Carolina A&T or Tennessee State to uh, assistant coaches from Georgia, and, uh, Murray State and Tulane. So we've had a a, a lot of different people on. You
0: have
3: anybody else?
0: Any so, can you hear
3: me yeah, we can hear you. It's crazy, man. They got my computer set up in my office now. I'm not used to this. <laughs> there, my mic over here and I'm on like a TV screen. That's why I'm looking weird like this, y'all. I'm trying to figure it out. But coach, man, I appreciate your story. It's uh fitting to be able to relate so much of what you said and enjoy hearing that. You know, my situation was a little bit opposite. I spent twelve seasons at Duke University and Um, When I went to Duke back in 2008, my intentions were to be there um, a very minimal amount of time, and I had multiple different job opportunities um, to come up during my tenure, but kind of opposite of you, something always kept me there, you know, and I would always question myself because uh, probably the last five or six years, you know, it got to where I was actually turning down money. And, you know, that's kind of difficult to go tell your wife you're turning down money and really don't have no reason why you're turning it down. You know, I'm looking for stuff, but it just never felt right. And, you know, I just felt like, you know, God was driving the car for me. And really and truly, I never, I didn't really get a broad understanding of why um, all of that happened until I got here. I'm at Texas Tech now. And had you asked me, Six months ago, if I thought I'd be in Lubbock, Texas, I'd have told you he was crazy. I mean, Nothing out here um, fits me. Uh, I'm from South Carolina. I was coaching in North Carolina. My entire extended family was three hours from Duke University. And 12 years, I had everything I needed right at my fingertips, and it was a comfort level for me. And uh, when this situation arose, I really didn't know what was leading me that way. You know, there was resistance because I'm going to move – I think it's 22 hours away from home. You know, I just had a granddaughter born and I was excited about being able to get from one place to another to see them. And there were a few negatives, but something just kept pulling me. And uh, fast forward to even yesterday, I got back here on Sunday. i have been in North Carolina since the pandemic. And yesterday as a department, uh, we had a racial injustice forum for our athletic department. And it was 144 of us on there together. And my um, athletic director had asked me, um, and our head coach had asked me, you know, to be vocal on that because I talked with them in some private conversations about some of my thoughts and things that I thought we could do. But just being in the situation yesterday, of uh, seeing our athletic director, you know, who's a white guy, standing up saying, you know, for us, you know, I want to know everything that I can do, everything that we can do to get better. He says, if we lose boosters, if we lose supporters, we'll replace them with allies. And you know, when I got off that call yesterday, we were on about two and a half hours. It was just more confirmation for me that God led me to the right place. You know, because I'm seeing so many people around the country right now hiding from this factor. And I've been blessed to come work up under a guy who I didn't even know in the athletic director, and he's leading that proper leadership. And he's wanting my voice in that. So, although I came here to coach football, I now see that there's a bigger purpose for coming here. So, I can relate to you know just kind of following your lead and you know letting go of that resistance. And I think we're all placed in the positions we need to be. So, thank you again for your story.
1: No problem. I, I remember hearing uh, something that, that that touched me one time, and, and it's been during this quarantine through a virtual church. And uh, I had to pull it up when you were talking. And it said, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14. And basically it says, how do you know if you are to resist, release, or remain? It's basically what it's saying. How do you know to resist, release, or remain? And, and that's one of those conversations that, that we have to have with God and that you were able to see. Sometimes it takes something else to have you see why you're supposed to remain somewhere. Why are you supposed to resist something? Or, or why you're supposed to release something, no matter what that is in your life. Um, I, I have a similar, you know, although I knew I wanted to be at Holy Innocence, during this time of, of, of what's going on in the world, we've had our Zoom calls with my team. and You know, I have a manager, a uh, white kid. He, he'll he be a rising junior, uh, extremely wealthy. Uh, his political affiliations are, are, are with are with Trump. And he'll let you know it and, and why he believes in it. And we would have some, some discussions throughout the year. Um, but when we first started having our Zoom calls, I remember I wondered how he would feel about it. And so one day he reached out to me. So he said, Coach, I appreciate you enlightening me about all of this that's going on that I had no idea about. Thank you. And for him to say that, let me know another reason of why I, I'm where I need to be right now. So I, I understand that completely, Coach Jones.
4: Uh, coach, I wanted to comment. I, I told uh, Raven Gerald from the University of D.C. I'm the assistant women's basketball coach there. And I told Chelsea I would, you know, try to be more uh, active. I usually <laughs> have my camera off and I'm getting some work done, but. Um, first of all, thank you for being so transparent, um, you know, kind of like everybody else commented on, I I appreciate personally how you, um, how you mentioned the, the quote unquote, like mistakes that you felt like you made in terms of taking steps that may not have been in a line with what you felt like God wanted you to do. And I appreciate that personally, because I think that's just something, um, that's just common in coaching because we feel like, you know, like you said, we got to chase the dollar chase any job that pays will pay us a greater salary, or chase any job that would take us to the next level, um, so to speak. Um, I think that there's a lot of pressure personally, and a lot of coaches talk about how, like, you know, you're not a real coach if you're not willing to just hop and go anywhere to coach. Like, and, and personally, I just have never felt that way. I just finished my third season um, as a full-time assistant. I was a GA for two years before that, but I'm still, you know, fairly young, and I just never kind of resonated with that um, because I was just always – I never felt led to be anywhere else yet. So I I just kind of remained where I am at this D2 school that wasn't doing too hot recently, but I feel like there's purpose here. And it just, I just want to thank all y'all just because it feels good to be um, just amongst people who actually understand purpose and not just like chasing all those external factors, you know, and just trusting that if it's time to move, God's going to tell you when it's time to move and things like that. And I think you just spoke to that so well in your journey. And I like it also because, um it didn't your story didn't end with you making mistakes you showed how like with even the mistakes that you did make or you felt like you made god was still using those to get you to where you needed to be so um anyway i just wanted to like thank you for being transparent about that because i don't think that that transparency um about like the mistakes is is really common so you know that just that means a lot to me so thank you
1: Donna, i appreciate it thank you for tuning in i just uh I think that's part of something that I've learned, too. A lot of times we as coaches sometimes are afraid to talk about our mistakes, whether it's the mistakes we made in games or the mistakes we made in coaching. Like, I'll tell you right now, as soon as I took the Alcorn State job, two weeks later, one of the assistants left. So what if I had just listened to God and remained still? You know, not, I, I don't know what happened. But i've also learned through this journey that you've got to be okay that you don't just take a job just to take it that it's got to have the right feel from god to be the right job for you because if it's not then it can really you i go back to that word peace you will not have peace i don't care how much you win there how much money you're making there you just won't have peace
5: Hey, Coach. Coach. Hey. Okay? Oh, yeah. All right. Go ahead, man. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Um. Again, thank you. Uh, this is Coach Dunn here in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, man. Again, thank you for uh, sharing with us. And I want to thank everybody else for being on, too, man. It, it's uh, a side note from what I had to say initially. One, I'm glad to be talking again because I had a little dinner work today, and uh, don't be laughing at me, Chelsea. That joke ain't funny. <laughs> but uh, it's just cool to to have, you know, somebody that you can share this stuff with. You, know, you got more than one person. You got people on who are going through what you're going through, uh, athletically or academically, as a coach or whatnot. But you know, we can we can bounce off of that. That knowledge, if you will, and those experiences, but I don't know either you cocky or you crazy or all of the above to be able to do that one prayer because <laughs> you know I guess for me as a coach you try to have all the answers you know hey here goes the playbook write my notes but here goes the playbook if we uh, if you're in football hey third and three hey, yeah, I got five or six plays I know will work pretty good. If we're uh, down by two, we need a three or whatever in the basketball game, hey, we got a couple of plays that we got a couple of guys that can get it done. You don't know what that play is going to be when you talk about your own life. And the, and To me, one of the hardest things is when you don't have an answer. As, as a coach for me, like I try to have an answer for everybody, for everything, and then when it's your own life, it's like What do I do? What do I go? Is this the right move? If I don't take that move, do I lose out, or should I have stayed put? And so to be able to pray a prayer that specific—that um that was new to me. Uh, that was that was pretty cool though. Um, championships, Lord knows we love them, you know. Get fitted for rings, I still know I'm a nine and a half, so whatever <laughs> it's time, hey, you know whatever it's time It's like, hey, suit me up, but you can't win it every year um if you're competitive every year is is a good thing to me, but the biggest thing like you said is the impact the impact that you will offer each each individual person, and, you know you can't save everybody even though know, we try to but you know when i get a kid come back and they might dm me or they might text me or they might see me i don't know at mcdonald's or something and Go, hey coach by the way i just want to let you know that i don't know um you know we thought you were crazy for making us run so much but then i transitioned over to play lacrosse and i'm the only one out there in shape everything you did made sense man i just wanted to thank you for that just Simple stuff like that, when you realize it clicks for them and they get it, it's like. (laughs) So, and I'm going to close, at least for me, transparency is key. So keep doing what you're doing. I I, uh, encourage everybody on this call to, to, to remain that way. Everybody might not always get it where you're coming from or how you're doing it, but as long as you're doing the right thing for the most part and you're staying transparent and your guys or girls, whichever you coaching in their locker room, understand where you're coming from. That's the most important thing. And money ain't always everything, you know. Sometimes when you're not making as much, you still got more peace. And to me, it goes that word again, peace is everything. <laughs> so – Uh, Thank you again, and I'm going to pass it off to, I I think, uh, Virgil was trying to say something, too.
1: But appreciate it again. Appreciate you. Can you hear me, Brother Huff? Yes, sir. I can hear you. What's going on, man? I'm so
6: proud of you. You know I love you. Um, I appreciate you getting on here and being open and honest and authentic. Uh, As you were talking and some of the other coaches were talking, you know, I like to uh, philosophize. So some things that jumped out to me, your struggles make a deposit for the next man to withdraw. So, you know, I'm always pointing to you because of the things that I have struggled with personally, spiritually, and even professionally. So you don't have to do that. And I think it's important for us as people is to remove the veil so other people can take a look and maybe you can be a witness and testimony to those who obviously come behind you. Uh, Real faith requires obedience. Uh, We have faith, but it requires that we have obedience. Uh, Faith without works is dead, as the scripture says. Uh, Thirdly, we often want to experience Christ without experiencing the death of Jesus. And I had an old white pastor tell me this. You know, we want the glory. We want to wear the crown. But in order to become like Jesus, you forget one crucial thing. It's the crucifixion, the death. And that's painful lastly well actually not there's a difference between desire and intention uh, desire is the want to and attention is committed to uh, a lot of people have desires a lot of people want to coach division one a lot of people want to be this be that but your intentions says a lot about you how are you willing to work towards what are you willing to do to make you know ensure those things happen. And every man is who they are and where they are to become who they need to become and need to get to where they need to get to. So although you eloquently stated how you got to each spot, you would not be a wholly innocent if you would not have taken those spots. So for those coaches who are listening, sometimes you can make the wrong decision but it's the right course of action because uh, it will get you to where you need to be and it will shape you into the person you need to become. So uh, I appreciate calls like this. Uh, I don't care much nowadays for the X's and O's as much as I care about my Jimmy and Joe's because in this time, people need awareness. They need healing. Uh, they need edification. They need all of that kind of stuff instead of third down and five or down by two. Who's gonna score? That's cool, but in the scheme of life, to me, you know that huff uh, that doesn't do much for me nowadays in my life. Appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on the call. Love you, man, and uh,
1: I'm with you. Love well, you too, brother. Y'all can see why he's my mentor. (laughs) It took
0: the words from my mouth. I mean, I put it in the comment box. I was like, I see why he's your mentor. And then, you know, we had uh, Coach Kendra on here. She said, We got two in one day. (laughs) Yep, that's it. There was nothing else. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Do we have anybody else? All right. Well, Coach, you know, as always, I appreciate you, you know, as I tell anybody and majority of the, the the most common comment I get in all of these is simply, you know, why did you ask me? You know, why did you reach out to me? And simply because at the end of the day, I didn't know you personally. Um, I didn't get a chance to meet you personally. Coach Robert, did you want to say something?
7: I was actually going to just say, you know, first <laughs> of all, Coach, I've, I've known you for. I've watched you both as a journalist as well as you know we used to coach against each other, but the one thing I can say that I was extremely touched by the just the journey because I had an idea, but I didn't know all the all the pieces to it, and your transparency has always been genuine from the time we met and to to get on this platform like you have today and share with the rest of them and including myself um some of the things that you've had an opportunity to experience. I mean, the same goes for Virgil Amy, because I know him as well, and you know, I can see where your movements come from and your thought process, and I just want to say thank you for not only being transparent, but definitely being a friend, man. Appreciate you, uh, Fonz. And And for everybody that doesn't know,
1: I love that man. He's a COVID-19 survivor. He went through it. He's healthy now. I love that guy. I love you, Robert. Appreciate
7: it, brother.
0: God is good, man. I, I appreciate that and glad to see it. You know, um, you know, like I was saying, majority of people ask the question, like, why did you pick me out? And, of course, I can't personally meet you right now. Um, but it's evident and you can see the God in people. Plain and simple. And when you see somebody who talks the talk, I saw this tweet today and it said, you know, yes, quoting scripture is great but do you walk it? Do you show that scripture that you're quoting? And when I paid attention to you and then, you know, we messaged back and forth, it's in you. And now to have you here on for this hour, it's evident. And I can see the God in you and on you. And, you know, I'm so thankful for those athletes of yours because they're definitely getting a great man of God, a servant leader, Mr. Virgil. Thank you. I mean, you're, I get it. You're amazing. Definitely. So I'm glad that you came on this call and all you coaches, and leaders that join us every day, you know, you make it what it, what it is. You say thanks and you're glad for the form where I am too. And I'm, I'm thankful to God for the vision. And and he doesn't give you a vision without the provision. That I'll let you know. So I thank you guys. Coach, if we can ever do anything for you, I'm telling you, all you got to do is reach out. Um, sure. all this kind of goes back to a sense of normalcy. I'll get to meet you. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to say any final things that you want to say. And if you don't mind giving us a prayer to close us out today, I'd appreciate it.
1: Well, I, I just thank everybody for that time. And probably the best athlete I recruited from the Tallahassee area went to Rickards High School, unfortunately. Maurice Howard, but he's yes. uh, he's uh, the now all-time leading three-point shooter at Alcorn State history. So uh, I got love for Tallahassee. Uh, Huff, you know uh, I played
2: high school ball with Maurice's
1: dad. You did? I didn't know that. <laughs> hey, if he was as tall as his dad, he'd probably be in the NBA. His dad's about six, four and a half. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i still don't know how we got him because when i went to see him work out i said nobody's on this kid like
0: <laughs> it's so funny me. that you say that coach because i was just talking about that kid this morning and of course yeah. i forgive you it's okay <laughs> all the way alumna coach educator from there so i'm gonna let you have that but no but the boy was definitely bad he's bad yeah. I, I agree <laughs> to test all that so we'll just think god sent him you all way how about that
1: <laughs> all right i appreciate it um so, so I'll leave you guys with this, and I wrote this down. And it says, when I take care of God's business, God will take care of my business. But when I take care of my business, you lose purpose. So I'll say that one more time. When I take care of God's business, God will take care of my business. But when I take care of my business, you will lose purpose. So I challenge you all to keep your purpose, keep your faith, Trust in God, even during these tough times, whatever they may be. And then I'll close us out with prayer if everyone want to bow their head. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this fellowship of coaches, no matter where they are. Thank you for the opportunity for myself to pour into, into them and for them to pour into me. Uh, let us continue to grow as leaders that serve you so we can pour into the people that we are here to serve. Let us continue to use our light to shine, Let's continue to do the right things in your word. These are the things that I ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. You had to hit us with that one. I thought I <laughs> had all the nuggets. I could take my little hand was over. Okay. I got my chicken scratch in a minute, but I love that one. Thank you so much again, Coach. Thanks for all of you all for being here. Join us again at the same time, same place. Next week is a crazy week. We have Coach Kelly Graves on Tuesday, who uh, you know. Just you can hear the passion and the energy on the phone. And then we'll have uh, Coach Carly uh, Dudonis from the University of Minnesota on Wednesday, Coach Anita Howard on Thursday. So same time, same place, 1 p.m. I thank you guys so much. If you need us, find us. Y'all have a good weekend.
1: You too. Thank you again.
0: Yes, sir.